prison and half can Oh God! Daddy, stay on your bike! Dude, burning and you don't want to turn around anymore and you know if somebody now attacks you're going to be like blown out of the water but you just go no i just keep going just keep going tied on the inside it's this solo on the barriers oh what about that now then everybody i am tom ramsey and welcome to the edge coaching podcast this podcast will provide a clear insight into the world of athletic performance and help provide a clear, relatable understanding into subject areas revolving training, nutrition, stress, psychology, and much, much more. Without further ado, let's begin. Good morning, hello, and welcome back to the Edge Coaching Podcast. This is episode number 52, and today we're going to be doing something very different. We're not going to be talking about sports science. We're not going to be talking about uh, sports nutrition or cycling performance. Today, we're going to be talking about ourselves. Today, we are going to be asking five questions each. We're going to be delving deep um, into deep and meaningful questions about our history, about our childhood, about our deepest regrets and getting to know each other so that you, the listener, will understand a little bit more about us as people and also as coaches as well. So I'll welcome back onto the podcast, Cav. Uh, He has been on the podcast before. And if you want to know a little bit more about him generally, without being too deep, then go back and listen to the previous episode with him. Um, but, um, But yeah, Cav is an assistant coach on the Edge Coaching and he's been working with us for a few months now. Cav, welcome back onto the podcast. How's things? Uh, life's going pretty well. Just starting my master's this week. Um, meeting everyone else that's on the course. It's starting to get involved again in the labs. Uh, meeting a few of the PhD students that I'll be working with this year. So it seems Good. to have been going well so far. Fantastic. And how's um, giving a bit of a a brief uh, summary how's riding going of late like obviously you you've started to i've seen on strava that you start to bring the riding back in and and starting to incrementally increase the volume now yeah so i had a, I had a bit of a bumpy phase obviously after my crash uh, and my collarbone so i've just pretty much finished my first training block just getting used to riding the bike again we all know what it's like after you've taken a break and everything just doesn't feel right saddle height feels wrong reach feels wrong pedaling a bike just feels wrong so just getting used to that again and not doing anything too difficult quite yet mm. so what um how long did you have like completely not exercising then in total uh i think including exams and traveling around with my collarbone and things i think it was 18 weeks oh well you see i've had a you know one or two weeks off now and again to be quite honest like one thing that i am very grateful for is consistency from for me like i've never touched wood got i'm touching my big wooden desk here <laughs> i've not had like any long period of time out off the bike or or generally off exercise for forever like i mean even even if i decide at the end of the cycling season that i'm going to have a bit of time off the bike like 
that's always been my chance to bring in the running or bring in lots of gym work or whatever it might be. Um, and I mean, I'd, I'm, I have no idea what 18 weeks would, would do to me if I just like was, I mean, especially because you were, you know, if we think about your lifestyle as well, it was exams. So lots of studying, lots of sat down doing next to Jack all. Yeah. And then it was recovering from an injury. So it's not like you were, walking 20,000 steps a day keeping generally active anyway you were fairly sedentary for a lot of that period of time yeah and, I, uh, one of the biggest changes I noticed wasn't actually like anything necessarily physical it was just like natural mood yeah like it just obviously you're suffering from an injury as well so it's not going to be a nice ride but just the natural even after like I was sort of getting fit and healthy again just like motivating myself to actually do anything that takes a bit of energy it's just I found impossible for the first few weeks mm. it's um yeah I, I i can see it being very difficult especially like because we define ourselves as sports people as, as athletic people it is such a huge part of our life and i can uh, i can only imagine it's like having 40 percent of your life just ripped out of you for a certain period of time and uh, it can't be good anyway without further ado um let's bring in these questions because I, c I can only assume that some of the answers to these questions might be fairly long-winded and will take a lot of thought um the plan is to do five each but as ever um i'm kind of making a mark now on roughly when this podcast started in terms of time um because if we go over the hour then i might cut it short and and maybe run to three or four if if our answers are going um are being much longer than i expected them um now i've wrote down five questions uh in front of me so i know roughly what we might be asking each of each other but just to for the listeners to understand um neither me or cav know absolutely anything about what are about to be asked um we decided about this, um, that we were going to do this podcast only a few days ago. So we've had a few days to kind of decide what the questions are going to be. But we have absolutely no idea what the other person has asked. So I'll kick things off. Um, please bear with us on the podcast because there will be a lot of thought going into the answers, I'm sure. And we'll try and keep the pauses um, as as minimal as we possibly can. But I will run this podcast all the way through, keep it raw with no editing whatsoever. First question I'm going to ask you, Cav, is what is the point in the endless pursuit of fitness? Slash cycling performance. Um, I for me personally this is about lifestyle it's to me it's not an endless pursuit of performance as such it's a it's a way of life it's it's a completely different view or concept of how i'd look at it so for me this pursuit of performance is it gives me an opportunity to see the world it gives me an opportunity to make friends it gives me an opportunity to spend time with the people that i love um it gives me an opportunity to invest massive parts of me and generate almost generate a meaning in life um 
for me life's about spending time with the people I love and my friends and this this lifestyle this pursuit of performance gives me the biggest opportunities to engage with the people that I currently am friends with develop me from a completely different perspective as well it gives you discipline it gives you arguably in my opinion the basic foundations of just being a nice human being um getting the shit kicked out of you every weekend or every other week when you're racing I think that does something to you as a human that I don't know it draws out a certain respect for the people you're with um it's not only the fact that like one week you can be great a month later you might not be so great like it's the fact that people it really brings out the fact that people have things that suit them and don't suit them one week you could be absolutely smashing a climber and the next week you could be going up some massive hill and getting your head kicked in um it's just bringing it all together it's just about the lifestyle of i don't know it just it it's a lifestyle in the sense it gives you everything it needs to be a well-rounded nice human being and enjoy life in my opinion mm. i couldn't agree more i think um i think it gives you being a fairly high performing athletic individual gives you in my opinion no pun intended the edge over general population i think um it gives you like you say it gives you a whole new perspective on effort on overcoming obstacles um which we'll, i'm sure we're probably going to go lo- over later in the podcast but with sport performance you will have to deal with shit you will have to have really crap races that you have to try and overcome and have certain methods to deal with those consequences and you'll also have incredibly good races where you have to um take a step back and reflect and be be a critical thinker um i think for i mean i'm not answering this question as well but for me as well it it kind of really gives you a sense of purpose and and it gives you something away from the monotony of quote-unquote normal life where you can focus on your own desires and give yourself your own time when i'm training for sport performance that is the only time where it in my opinion it's purely for me like people have their meditation they have their yoga retreats or their weekends away and and they say it's like time for them well whereas training time is like the only time in my day where i know it's it's fully for me and me only um good answer as well i'm gonna add to it slightly um it gave you some thinking time there didn't i (laughs) yeah something that you don't you don't necessarily think about when you talk about sports performance is sport for health it's something that quickly is overlooked as it's just brushed off as something which is almost it it becomes part of sport for performance but if you look at all the research and things on mortality rates and things like that just not only does it make you a better human theoretically it makes you live a much healthier life it like 
you get it where people I've experienced it before where I've been there or I've got a really bad back my joints are aching things aren't going particularly well jump in the gym like doing all the compound movements developing a good base like a good basis of strength it can completely eliminate some of those niggles just from getting out of the bed getting out of the house and being active um it can have a massive impact on your state of life as well as the performance you're trying to get out of yourself mm. Mm. It, it, it you're absolutely right the when i feel like i'm in a quote-unquote like training phase and i'm really focusing towards an objective and the um the pursuit of performance i guess you could say um i i know that i am a healthier individual because everything that goes alongside sport performance is the same route for health as well so you start to have a lot more focus on your diet you have to have like i know for example that when i'm when i'm in a in a in a certain training phase i shouldn't be i shouldn't have long days at my desk because it makes me feel rubbish and it gives me a stiff back and therefore i can't train more effectively and so on and and like you say that the health and absolute performance go hand in hand to a certain degree i think there's some some elements of sport performance which aren't don't constitute good health um you know the amount of refined carbohydrates we have to shove in our mouths while we're riding like pre pre and post and during riding um and and the amount of caffeine in our system on race day and so on um <laughs> but um but yeah generally speaking uh yeah they go hand in hand um Cav, i'm ready for my first question when you are if you were go if you were go would be helpful if i could speak clearly if you were going to go down a different career path what would it be and why oh good good question <clears throat> um you know what okay so i'm gonna kind of backtrack a little bit i became a sports performance coach because i absolutely loved making people fitter and faster but also because i love the sport of cycling and i love making myself fitter and faster and while i was going through school and college i kind of realized that i love everything to do with sport performance so i want a job in it that's kind of my, what was my mentality going through school and college so i did all my relevant degrees um did all my relevant qualifications and in the process of studying for it i was like this is absolutely mint like i love everything about it and i love learning about it then i got a job as a coach working for someone else and the coaching was only probably about 20 percent of my day um this is when i was working at giant york like i was doing maybe 20 percent of my day the coaching and I, but I'll, i was also working at a bike shop so i was doing a lot of um you know servicing bikes and um dealing with customers and so on and at the time i thought you know i'm qualified as a performance coach so i want to do this full time um looking back i think realistically the 
split in terms of 20-30% coaching and the rest of it doing other stuff was actually more of a positive thing that it, than it felt at the time. Now that I'm coaching full-time, it's almost like sometimes I wish that I had a slightly different job on the side because when you do like, and it's quite hard to explain to people, but when I'm waking up at whatever, half, five, six o'clock, I'm working as a performance coach for all of my day. And then I'm also alongside that trying to perform well as an athlete, which is essentially very similar thing a lot of my day is struggling to figure out whilst also talking to my athletes who I see as friends as well it's trying to figure out what is work and what is normal life and the crossover between the two so I feel like I don't work now I feel like my life is as a performance coach is just my life there's no there's no set defined work time and actually sometimes and I've had this discussion with my wife I wish I had a different job which was completely contrasting to sports performance where I could actually feel like I'm having to leave the house and go to a job to pay the bills and which is completely different to anything else that I do in my life now in the early years of the edge coaching i used to do a bit of pt work on the side but that pt work at the local gym was actually completely different to anything else that i do at the edge coaching because the pt work was um very much kind of low level personal training it was you know kind of it was sharon from down the road who is way overweight and just wants to kind of quote unquote turn up their arms um and you know doing some real kind of simple simple movement patterns with them um and you got a completely different conversation with those athletes than what you did for high high performing cycling so the natural thing to say would be if i didn't if i wasn't doing what i was doing now i would be like a personal trainer kind of thing but i guess that's fairly similar to answer your question directly I actually think, and I've given this a lot of thought recently, I actually think a firefighter would be my go-to prime job for a few different reasons. A, I really, really like their um, hours of work. Um, in East Yorkshire, I believe they do something like um 48 i might be wrong here but i'm pretty sure they do two days on four days off but those two days on are straight straight 72 hour shifts um sorry 48 hour shifts um and then four full days off um and i quite like the concept of kind of working absolutely flat out with it with the appropriate sleep time obviously you're allowed to sleep on shift um and then having four full days off um it might even be more than that it might be like two two days on then like six days off or something like that um but i also like the concept of kind of the 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 group cohesion camaraderie and 
and then also the concept of kind of you know saving lives it's only going to be <laughs> it's going to be nice isn't it i'm very aware that you know there's probably going to be some some very um uh severe cases where you go to a job and you know it could effectively change your life for um for what you what you witness but i think in this day and age there's appropriate counseling to deal with that kind of thing um so yeah i think it would be something that not a lot of people would probably guess and i think i would probably work for um fire service or potentially something like a paramedic as well that kind of that kind of area i tell you what it wouldn't be it wouldn't be anything corporate it would not be anything like sat in an office all day dealing with the stocks you know answering phone calls dealing with bits of paper that is my absolute worst nightmare yeah does that answer your question yeah that's pretty understandable though um i i do have some friends with quite a few economic students at uni i always have the like internal debate of would i ever sell my soul for a period of my life to like earn significant amounts of money that I wouldn't necessarily earn otherwise yeah and I always come back to the yeah I might sell my soul but I'd only do it for, I'd only do it for a year or two which I fully understand is the majority that the majority of the outlooks that most people have when they enter the job but I did like for me it's it's an enabler to be able to do other things as well mm-hmm. yeah I I mean I would always you'll note that the jobs that i mentioned there aren't necessarily like mega high paying jobs like they're they're jobs that get paid appropriately for what they are and I, I don't know the salary of a firefighter i don't know the salary of paramedic i would assume it's respectable but um fairly standard and like i mean you know i'm a firm believer of getting a job which you enjoy and doesn't feel like work and and I feel like as a firefighter I wouldn't know until I get there and but you know you you would get a lot of reward from the job not just from the income and the salary it would be it would be the the reward that you get from from helping save lives and even if it's going to rescue a bloody cat from a tree, like I'm sure the old biddy whose cat it is, like would give you a lovely great kiss and a box of chocolates, you know, and uh, and say you've made my day. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, it it like yeah, as you say, I definitely wouldn't sell my soul for, for sitting in an office all day. And I've got friends and I've got relatives. I mean, my one of my cousins is a high flying academic student who works in the finance department at london and his salary is like uh six figures six figure salary and he's but like and he won't mind me saying this like it's it it's the lifestyle that comes with that just does not sound anything like what i would want to do like he's you know i barely ever see him because he's he's working all the time he lives in london he's paying extortion amount of money for living um costs over there and he's getting up at god knows what time you know getting to work working in office 12 hours a day coming home having his tea and then going to bed and and that is his life and he can't even find the time to to develop any kind of meaningful lasting relationships 
and the money that he does earn, he can't really spend because he never gets any time off. So, um, so yeah. Um, question number two for you, Cav. What is the one thing that is most misunderstood about you? That's I'm glad I've not got this question. <laughs> um, I think it's going to have to be my um, almost controversial opinions. Um, I I can openly say it because people know know me for that at university. Um, I not nece- not necessarily I like to stoke the fire, but. I'm fully aware growing up that I have not had the best communication skills and that when I say things often it would come out in all for lack of a better phrasing in an almost offensive way um I'm really I'm really passionate about people doing what they say um almost if you're like in a job and you're with someone and they say I'll do this and you can do this and then it'll make both our lives easier but then if the other person doesn't end up doing what they're saying it makes your life more difficult in a sense so for me um in Loughborough there's this there's a group of cyclists that are truly amazing um that I train with regularly brilliant guys um but because of the the way the politics works at Loughborough it can create some sort of it creates this tension basically and i've i've been known in the past to sort of stoke this tension um and it's it's not for the fact of me trying to like stir it or drive a response out of people it's simply because i want i want these group of friends these these amazing cyclists that i'm around and training with and operating with all the time to get the best opportunities they can for themselves um it's it's like that in a lot of things that I've I don't know that I've taken part in or almost had a controversial opinion in it's it's not the fact that I'm trying to stoke the fire or offend someone if it comes out like that it doesn't mean to it's the fact that I'm passionate and I want I want people to deliver on what what's occurring if that sort of makes sense yes. so like, in a job in a like in a group if you commit to a role my opinion is that like i understand that people might not have this perspective on life but if you're committing to a role or something you should invest yourself into it and you should do the best you can at what you're doing no matter what that is so it just it almost upsets me when people don't deliver on things that they're they're supposed to be passionate about in that role if that makes sense Mm -hmm. this and tell me if this isn't related, but from what I understand, to give an example, I guess, is if a coach was given a bunch of athletes, let's say through the British cycling coaching pathway, so specifically a BC coach, um, and do tell me if I'm going off track here. A coach gets given a load of athletes from BC. Now, from what I understand through the British cycling coaching pathway, these coaches are assigned too many athletes and they there's, there's too many people to be able to cope with. 
from from the coaching's perspective. So the quality of coaching is not there. Now, it's up to that coach to tell those above them, look, I'm not able to deliver this kind of services that you want me to deliver. I'm not able to I'm not able to coach to the standard that you want me to coach and not just deal with it and do the best they can with the amount of athletes they've got. And I think uh, that's that's from my perspective, that's a similar example. But I think people have a tendency just to deal with things as opposed to as opposed to contesting the idea that something might be wrong and something they, yeah. that, that it needs investigating. Um, is that like, I mean, it sounds like whatever you're dealing with at uni there. Um, I mean, I don't know the full extent of it, but is that similar to similar kind of example? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Um, just to touch quickly. Um, the, there are some amazing people at university and it's not to throw like shade on anyone. Um, there are some amazing groups out there that are looking after these riders um, that aren't part of the uni. Um, so cheeky little name drop, Phil Maddox, um, brilliant guy, um, offers a completely voluntary service to a select few of riders. And his care for his riders is unbelievable. And it's something that, um, that I take on board when I speak to him as a coach, on coach and have these conversations um behind closed doors quite a few times it's just trying to learn how to best support and engage with the riders that are that are like in our circles um one thing that a lot of people sort of pass off pass off as coaches is that not there isn't necessarily this massive network but there is all all these coaches as much as they're competing against each other for clients sometimes these they all speak to each other and they all learn from each other as best as they can It's um yeah it's uh I I mean I'm like I say I'm glad I didn't get that um, that uh, that question asked for myself because I think it's something to it's a, it's a difficult question but um I think that your answer makes is a good it's a trait of a good coach um to summarize it in one sentence you're a critical thinker you you don't just pass things off as like one of those things and you 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 make sure that people are doing what what they're meant to be doing to a, to 100% of their cap capacity so like i say it's a, it's a trait of a good coach um question number 2 for me yeah so this one's a bit it's a easy response it's something that a lot of people have considered anyway but it doesn't make the question any easier biggest regret you know what i i um i think this was one of the ones that i was going to yeah this is the one of the ones that i was going to ask you and i didn't i didn't get i changed it last minute um and i wish i kind of pre-thought of a, a response myself um biggest regret i'm gonna go down a sports performance answer here because it's something that's come to my mind. Um, that being said, there is probably 
although I can't think of them right now, there's probably things in my life that I regret which aren't sport performance related. Albeit I can't think of any now. So, so yes, this is sports performance related. My biggest regret is not pursuing my own cycling performance enough in the early years when I had the opportunity to. Um, it's only now that I've realised, like I turned 30 the other week and I've now got a young daughter who's gone a year and a half old now and it i'm at that stage in my life now where with all the will in the world i already know that my best years in cycling are are behind me there is a lot i mean i don't want to sound really negative there i like by all means like if and when i really get my shit together and kind of (laughs) um deal with what i've got like i know i can work up to a similar level but i look back at at like the years of kind of when i was like 20 21 22 23 and i was doing a lot for sports performance then but i feel like i could have done more with a little bit more um selfishness um yeah i feel like hindsight is a is a fantastic thing at the time it felt like i was working to my maximum capacity it felt like i was doing everything i could um when I look back at it now and I realize what not having a lot of time actually looks like. And I look back to the years of when I was, you know, kind of like say between 20, between 20 years old and 24 years old, I feel like I could have, if I gave, I could have, I could have trained more. I could have gone to bigger races. I could have, invested more money and time into the sport into traveling across the across the country to to get to the national events and ask more of my loved ones to support me more in these events i think if i did that then i could have got a bit further with my own cycling performance problem now is i kind of left it a little bit late for that and then got into a long-term relationship bought a house had a mortgage started the edge coaching the early years of the edge coaching were good but then that's when i had some health issues to deal with which made things a little bit more difficult with sports performance then it was like okay well those health issues surpassed and then i had then my wife was pregnant and so on and it's a it's a snowball effect with life stresses then um and from that point onwards it only gets harder um but um but yeah i mean 
I'm in a comfortable position now. I don't. When you say what's your biggest regret, like with regards to sports performance, I don't look back on that now constantly and think, ah, oh, wish I just did a bit more. You know, I don't. It doesn't. By no means does it dwell on my mind to any extent. But I think looking back at it, I, I feel like if I did give it a bit more at that stage, I maybe could have could have gone a bit further with it. And that's I, I you know, I don't ever think I'd be at the stage where I'm being paid to ride my bike. But equally, it would be nice to look back on it now and think, oh, yeah, you know, when someone asks me, it'd be nice rather than saying, oh, yeah, I got a few top fives in national mountain bike races. It'd be nice to say, oh, yeah, I was I was racing in the elite elites at at national level mountain biking and cross um, cyclocross. And, you know, I finished top five in in uh, elite national national level as opposed to like one or two races um but yeah it's it's one of those from a from a life from a life perspective it's just kind of come to my mind one of my biggest regrets um going away from sports performance and it sounds ridiculous at school in like year 10 i think it was year 10 we got the opportunity to go skiing (laughs) <laughs> this is quite a specific event yeah. in year 10 we got the opportunity to go skiing at school um and my i was fortunate enough that my parents basically said look tom this will be a fantastic opportunity like it's really worth doing don't worry about finances like we'll pay for you to go like just go it because it'll be a fantastic life experience for you to to mix in with other people you know in another country and for some friggin strange reason like back then I was such a massive introvert and the I had too much social anxiety with that situation and I didn't go and to this day that decision haunts me (laughs) like why did I not go skiing when it was all paid for for a week with all my mates because not only now have I never been skiing and I wish I had but also, like, I know that that would have probably really helped my kind of development as a kid. Um, and uh, and now, like, I'm in this situation now where I I fully know that I will enjoy skiing and it would be a great trip. But I'm too anxious to spend like two or three grand on a skiing holiday when I've never done it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I'm pretty sure I'd be good at it. Like, I, I think as when you when you're naturally athletic and you've done things like rollerblading before you've done ice skating before and you're fairly all right at that you'd assume you're all right at skiing but then i'd be too nervous to like just give it a go and blow all my money on a holiday by trying to learn learn for the first few days if you know what i mean have you been skiing before cav yeah i've been skiing i think three or four times i've been snowboarding a couple times as well did you go with school uh no i didn't i don't think i did no i didn't your parents were into it though weren't they not really um, oh right we've we've all learned the same amount uh my dad never skied because he he's got really bad ankles oh. um and i went skiing with my mum a couple times uh and yeah it's i think i don't know because i the first time i went skiing i was quite young but i think not if not that it feels natural but i i don't think it's a particularly challenging skill just to yeah learn to ski yeah um snowboarding i found a lot more difficult mm. on the other hand but yeah yeah yeah. again once you've i think it's one of those things because if you're doing it all day 
six to eight hours you like if you do anything six to eight hours a day for five days in a row by the end of it you're bound to be able to have some form of skills or ability absolutely like yeah. i don't skateboard but i'm sure if i rode a skateboard for 40 hours in a week that i'd yeah. be able to do something by the end of it yeah yeah absolutely um question number three swiftly on um this is going to be a difficult one i think um <laughs> get ready so if you could change anything about the way you were raised what would it be i wish i was more selfish i always wish i was raised in a way that made me more selfish um i've I was notorious, I, well, my mother knew and I was notorious for it that I was always quite kind-hearted from when I was young. So it sounds almost like cliche, very uh, store, like almost written into the pages, story-like of, for generations. But like when I was a kid, if I'd be like in the snack queue and someone didn't have a snack, I'd be like, oh, here, I'll buy you something. <laughs> like that was just who I was from a kid. And as much as I'm thankful to my parents for like what I believe I feel like I'm quite a well-rounded human being um like I feel like I'm quite respectful I've got decent communication skills I'm caring and loving for people that I'm friends with I feel like I'm an all-round decent person but with being in athletic scenarios it requires a form of selfishness and I think as awful it is as it is for me to say sometimes i feel like that that selfishness can give you a massive edge in sport um it's something that some people might not like to address but i'm friends with some people who have been at a good level of racing like downhill or cross country or whatever it is and they've all they themselves have admitted that yes to be in an individual sport at this level you have you have to be selfish and sometimes it they're like it verges on almost like cruel to other people about how selfish you have to be at times so i think for me it's just i don't know i think that selfishness would almost have the effect of more trusting myself mm-hmm. like there's times when i'll be having i'll be at a, a, like a crossroads and making a decision or something i feel like that split second instant trust or ego in yourself gives you that extra two or three percent to do something which other people other normal people wouldn't do um like you see people in races that if you two people next to each other going for a corner if you've got the self-interest almost the ego the selfishness to think i'm first into this corner or we're going to crash the person that sat next to you if they're thinking I don't want to crash so i just push it as late as i can obviously you're going to beat them into that corner because you're going to win or you're going to crash as like as awful as it is to say there are people with the mindset like like there are people out there that are happy to spend 20 30k on winning a ra- well winning races across a season like to me what's road rash compared to thirty thousand pounds mm-hmm. like some people have that almost thought process that i've spent all this money to be here 
I've invested so much time. I've invested so much of my life into this. What's crashing versus winning? Mm. Like, would I rather finish second and be disappointed, or would I truly push the limit and not only risk your own safety, but risk everyone else you're racing with sometimes and push that extra limit? Almost, yeah, just not that I'd wish to endanger others, but there's times in my life where I wish that I had that ego to trust myself and back myself for that extra one or two percent. Um, and yeah, so I think it's just selfishness for lack of a better word is a wish is something I wish I was almost taught to use at the correct times when I was. Mm. Do you think that, um, do you think over the years, like now you're, now you're not being raised by your parents, so to speak, like, and you, you're left to your own devices to raise yourself. Um, and obviously, obviously you moved out a little little while ago and so on. Do you think you are with regards to like generally, but also sporting sport performance, do you think you are becoming more selfish? Yeah, I feel like I am. Um, I think it sounds horrible to say like you, yeah. it's not a good trait but equally you've got you've got to be selfish in elements of sport performance haven't you yes definitely I think it's uh I think it's more it sounds really bad again just lack like lack of a better phrasing but like almost like you deserve something mm. like I feel like each opportunity I get not necessarily that I deserve more than I'm getting but I need to step forward into that role because I feel I deserve it. Like I'm, I'm going stepping into the roles and the opportunities I'm getting with confidence because I feel like I've invested my time and I'm going to be good at it. Or like if the role was too big, I definitely think there'd still be some um, lack of confidence there. But I feel like the roles and opportunities I'm getting now are things that I'm deserving of and I can step into um with with passion and with confidence Mm. um being selfish is for me it's it's just about prioritizing your own health your own performance your own mental health and well-being um you kind of and when you are thinking about yourself and prioritizing yourself you are you're able to you're better able to kind of make those feelings and process your own emotions and and feelings as they come and make the decisions for yourself as opposed to constantly about constantly thinking oh yeah but what this what's this person feeling what's this person doing yeah um and like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that 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 would help you as a an individual in terms of your own development as a person but also from a sports performance perspective um yeah interesting one i think my my girlfriend always my what was girlfriend my wife oh. <laughs> i've still yet to call her like i still call my girlfriend now and again it's been like about five years now um like she's like one of her probably most common insults to me is saying that I am selfish um I'm a selfish person um and to be quite honest I see it I I see it sometimes like I I don't find it difficult 
to prioritize myself over others now that gives me a lot of anxiety saying that on a podcast when I'm supposed to be a coach (laughs) but the difference is it's it's knowing when and where to do that so it's it's okay well if a client has needs and a client has a question to ask and I know it's important um and has then then I know when to kind of operate that switch and deal with that there and then um or for example I can think of an example off the top of my head like if I'm if I'm at a race and it's a very important race and I'm warming up and a client comes over and asks me a few questions to be a selfish arsehole I'd be like no straight and narrow sorry like I'm warming up I don't want to talk to you right now and get ready for the race you know (laughs) I'm not like that I would I would quite easily you know just have that switch and talk to the individual and I'm I'm in a position thankfully that I'm relaxed enough at races where the 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 warm-up isn't important enough so that I would have to be like that whatsoever and if anything chatting to the athlete gives me that kind of relaxed mindset where I'm a little bit less anxious for the race whatever it might be that's just one example off the top of my head but um but then equally yeah I know I know that there's times and there's times when actually I can just switch that off so if i'm going into the gym for example and i know that that is the only hour in the whole day that i'll have for myself i know now that i put my phone on do not disturb mode and i and i don't reply to any messages because nothing is going to be quite important enough to need a reply within an hour and that time is my own time um that's just a couple of examples i can give um but yeah, good one. I, I don't think anyone would give the answer of I wish I was more selfish, but that that makes a lot of sense in that in in that scenario for sure. Um question number three for me. Ooh. Um de- so happiness is different to a lot of people. Um and defining happiness can be quite difficult, but what is happiness to you? Good question. Wow. There's like different levels, I think, to this to this answer, because there's like situational happiness so there's there's certain situations in my life where I've been so content and yeah happy just like but then there's also going away from a specific situation there's there's the question of are you happy my my actually my wife asked me that recently she said are you happy and I said like I was kind of you almost feel a little bit threatened when you ask that when you get asked that like I mean you haven't asked that you've said what is happiness um but when my my wife asked me are you happy like I felt really defensive and I was like uh, yeah why why wouldn't I be you know <laughs> yeah um, but when you think about it critically, what is happiness? Happiness to me is um, 
this is really quite a long-winded answer, I guess, and there's really a few different terms like thrown in in gut. I don't know how to summarise it though. That's the problem. I bet you've got a good answer for this, Cav. Okay, happiness to me is. The feeling of being. The feeling of having enough. The feeling of being content with what you have and not wanting to strive. Not wanting to constantly be wanting more. Now, I think it's it's good to have targets and goals to aim for, for sure. And without those you can easily lack purpose and motivation to work harder or to train harder, whatever it might be in whatever context. But happiness to me is to be, to be happy, to be, I'm trying to not use the word happy, <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be to the feeling of having enough. Now, I think too many people are constantly wanting more whether that be more money whether that be a better car whether that be a better house but i think if you've got your basics covered you know you've got food you've got shelter you've got a job which you enjoy um you've got support and family around you that love and care for you then it's about finding the enjoyment out of those those little things in life, I guess. Um, now, happiness to me, like what 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 gives me specific happiness, like being more specific, is seeing helping others and seeing those others that I'm helping um, finding benefit out of what i'm doing for them so for example if i if i am playing with my daughter and my daughter like i can just tell in her face that she absolutely loves it and she's enjoying every moment with it with it um i think happiness for me in the last year and a half two years since having my daughter has definitely changed perspective like it's it, going back to selfishness it's it's definitely made me less selfish um there is so many different moments days where i've planned to do a certain ride or training session or do something for myself but then my daughter's feeling a bit ill or feeling a bit rubbish or um i can just tell that she wants some stimulation so i need to go and take her to the nearest soft play park or take a swimming or something and seeing the enjoyment in her little face and and uh, then her giving me a lovely cuddle afterwards as if to say thank you like th there's no better feeling and that 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 to me is happiness that 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 feeling of loving and being loved um but then also yeah from a sports performance perspective like happiness is progress seeing myself be stronger and more powerful and better every every week like you know i'm always happier if i'm getting fitter 
like from a sports performance perspective and mentally I struggle if I'm going backwards in something um and that's a reason why I'm always changing disciplines or training styles because when I get to a and it's not necessarily a good thing to do as an athlete, but it it, work, it it gives me more enjoyment. If I, for example, if I'm running, I'm seeing great progress in my running week by week by week. Um, if I then get an injury, like if I was an out and out runner, I would be trying to change up my training style or give myself multiple weeks to recover from that injury. But then, but then, you know, pursue the running a little bit more. Well, actually if I get an injury in running, I kind of cap that off a little bit and then work on something else that I can find more progress in. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I can't give a one sentence summary of what is happiness to me, but those few paragraphs of explanation, I guess, summarize it for me. To a certain extent i didn't expect anything uh short and snappy yeah <laughs> um i tell you what as your next question cav i'm gonna scrap what i was gonna ask you and i'm just gonna direct the question the same question to you i'm gonna say what is happiness to you um i did have a little think about this so it's a little bit cheating but uh to me there's two forms of happiness there's almost euphoria and there's content so I'd link my content to like having like being happy with enough. Um, so what you've already said is like having family, having a house, having a stable job, having food, all all the above things that make life comfortable. Um, that to me is being content. It's being comfortable with not wanting more or not needing more. It's it's an un- unfamiliar feeling even for me i think um i wouldn't say i'm content yet um there are definitely times that i look around and i'm like oh if i had a slightly bigger car maybe i could fit another bike in it or things like that um which is quite short-sighted i think because at times there's a like with bikes and cars there's always a way to fit another bike in being realistic if you really want take both wheels off undo the undo the uh stem in the steerer and, and fit another two or three in the car but yeah there are there are definitely times where i wish i had more so i wouldn't say i'm content content yet and for me i'd i'd link euphoria to your individual events um, for me, that's, I won't even say it's winning races, which is might be quite a surprise to some people. I just say it's friends, family and racing and nature. To me, that sums up when I feel the most almost stimulation. Um, friends for me is a massive part of my life. The, it's what I want to focus my life around um nature it's just beautiful it's it's i don't have to necessarily summarize it in my opinion because everyone feels it at some point when they're by a forest or by the beach i think everyone 
everyone can almost understand the feeling that I'm talking about. And then racing, it's like uh, what Tom's already described on um, one of his stories after V of the Cross, just the caffeine, the environment, just everything flowing. It's just a magnificent feeling. And again, coming back to family, to be loved and to love is is something I think which is a blessing to many people. Um, it's quite an amazing environment to be part of. And I think if that kind of summarises happiness, that is what happiness is to me. It's content and euphoria, and these are two separate things. Mm. I think uh, it, it going back to that feeling of euphoria, um, I, I can't like I can think of certain situations where I would hand on heart say I am at my happiest moments in life like it's very it, it can be hugely situational like you say I can't say I can't say that if I've had a, a full day in the office like doing office work just not seeing any daylight not training that day I can't say that sat at my desk with this light glowing in my eyes at 2 p.m that afternoon if someone said are you happy like in that situation probably not i would say right now no but from a whole holistic life perspective i would say that generally yes but then like you say you put me in a completely different scenario like there's one scenario I can think of which stands out like a sore thumb um, in a positive way um, in the last couple of years. And I remember after Millie, my daughter, was born, um, I did a, the local Ennerdale Crit series, which I've talked about before on the podcast a few times. And um, I was racing in the, the E12 crits there. And it was only about four months after my daughter was born like I was doing the this crit series and I was constantly getting a few kind of top fives and so on and then um the first one that I won like I mean anyone who's listening to the podcast will know when you when you win a race especially in like a I think it wins especially in like a spectacular all-out sprint finish the feeling of the euphoria when you cross that finish line and I put my hand in the air and I looked across, I remember, I vividly remember looking across, finished the race, buzzing, absolutely head spinning, smiling from ear to ear, did that kind of lap chatting to the lads. And I remember vividly coming across, my wife and my daughter were watching me that day. And I looked across and I saw their faces and I saw that Becky, my wife, was like holding Millie and Millie was looking straight at me with a smile on her face. And they were both clapping. Obviously, my daughter was only like four months old. She wasn't like clapping, but she there was that feeling of like, yes, my first win as, as a dad. And it just felt mint. And I was like. I didn't sleep. It was an evening race. I didn't sleep for ages that night because I was just so buzzing that night. Um, like that to me is like the pinnacle of happiness. I felt 
not only that feeling of euphoria, but I felt so content with everything that was going on, like in that moment. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess that that's what defines defines happiness for me. And um, like you say, you, you touched on a, a really good concept there of like that that difference between uh, being content and then being like in this state of euphoria. I think these states of euphoria, they like they they come the situation dependent aren't they um i also like the way that you touched there on like you know i'm at my happiest when i'm in the woods or i'm at the seaside and like i've got the sand between my toes and i'm not thinking about anything else other than being present and enjoying you know enjoying what i'm what i want what's in front of me um and like i say they are they're my happiest scenarios when i'm just like in nature i guess yeah um okay calf so um what we'll do is we'll just do maybe four questions each because um i'm very mindful of time um next question for me um so a bit more positive than some of the ones we've had so far where would you like to be in 10 years time um Ten years is a long time. Ten years, I'll be forty. Crikey, Moses. Um. Okay, so ten years time, forty years old. Okay, one of one thing, and I've talked about this with you last time we met, Cav. One thing that I wish I had more of is time time to myself time with my daughter time with my wife time to do the things that i enjoy doing the most time away from my desk time going into nature and riding my bike or walking so on now in 10 years time i would love to be able to I would love to be able to create a life where I have more of that free time now what does that mean from a practical basis that means that from a business perspective what I don't need or want is loads of money but like i say i want more time so so what i would like is that when i'm 40 i've created a business where i can just sit back a little bit more and let things run itself so on a practical level that probably means people like you cav um kind of doing a lot of the one-to-one coaching for me and i can do the things that i enjoy the most out of the job which is still meeting clients talking to clients on a personal level testing clients and doing a, a you know a bit of what i already do now but maybe yeah dropping my actual work hours by something like 60 percent um 
and that would give me the time that I would need to enjoy doing other things like like say being with my family and and um the truth is I'm I'm a big I'm a big what I call potterer I love to just spend time doing not a lot of stuff like when someone when my wife asks you oh what what have you done today I don't often have an answer for her. But what I have been doing is tinkering with my bike in the garage, polishing my frame meticulously, setting up my gears ready for the next race, changing tubs, polishing my van, hoovering my van, planning out my training for the next block, and all these little things which take a lot of time. <laughs> um, and I'd love to be able to have more time to do that type of thing without without living in a way because at the minute I, I I'm living in a way where any time to myself just feels like um I'm doing my business an injustice so I can't devote you'll notice on Strava or training peaks or whatever that I don't do any long rides anymore and 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 the reason for that is although I do have the flexibility and the time to go out for three or four hours I know I get an hour into that ride and I get this little demon on my shoulder, which says you should really get back and get some work done. <laughs> um, and I'd love to be able to put myself in a position where I never have to worry about that little demon. Um, so, yeah, I guess to some extent, that's a better scheduling of time and like allocation of work hours versus social hours. Um but yeah, in 10 years time, to summarize, I'd love to still have the edge coaching. I'd love to make the edge coaching into a business where um, it's probably got a similar amount of clients to what it has now. However, I am taking a step back in terms of the actual specific work hours that I do and, and maybe dishing that out to a couple of coaches like I never want to make this business some sort of huge corporate company um uh, which is which is um you know got thousands of athletes on its books and and multiple coaches but equally I just want to put myself in a position where I've got a little bit more free time that's that's what I want to make it um from a sporting perspective I've got no to be honest I've got no like long-term goals or ambitions i just want to get what get out of sport what i what i do it for in the first place which is um the enjoyment for competitiveness and um general progression um i love setting myself like mini little goals and trying to achieve them like for example i'm not particularly relevant to cycling but um I was so close in bench pressing 100 kilos the other day. Like we warmed up on like 60 kilos, 80 kilos. I did one at 90 kilos and it went up easy. So I stuck 100 kilos on the bar and fought two thirds of the way up and then it just seemed to stop. So now I've like set myself a little target that when I bench press 100 kilos. Um, 
and it, I just love I love that sense of accomplishment when you set self a little target and then you, you go and do it like um whether that be in gym whether that be on the bike um and um I just love the process of 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 getting better in sports performance so yeah hopefully that's a bit of a summary of where I want to be in 10 years time there's no specifics like I want to be doing this this and this like by any means um but yeah that that gives you a bit of an insight um is does that answer the question yeah i think i think so um it definitely gave us a feeling of uh where you want to be in the direction you're going in yeah um also a cheeky little insight into the future of the edge but yeah yeah i think when uh i i never look i mean i as as i'm sure nobody does 10 years is a long time a long long time especially in this 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 kind of era like so much can change between now and then like i mean someone asked me the other day what was it oh yeah a client asked like you'd th- you would think as a sports performance coach i've got my whole year mapped out not only from a business perspective but from a sports performance perspective and like you know especially because i like to do this for athletes i like to do it for myself by no means is that the case one of my athletes the other day asked me if I want to enter the Dirty Knocker, which is a like a, a three-hour mountain bike race, yeah. which is in April or May next year. And my reply was, to be quite honest, I, I can't plan that far ahead. <laughs> I don't know what's going to change between now and then from a life scenario. And and as you know, Cav, like I only like to do events if I know that I'm in good form and and can can give a good effort for it. And not only is that a long way away, like I don't know how much mountain bike riding I've got in before then, or what other life changes I'm, that might have um, happened before then. So. Um, so yeah, I, I can never plan that ahead. So to ask me what ten years looks like is kind of like, wow, <laughs> where do I go from here? We'll take each year as it comes. We'll do our best every year and see where it takes us. Um, but um, but yeah, the 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 overarching goal is to have more time on my hands than what I have now um, to be able to do the things that I enjoy the most. So I don't feel like I'm just working all the time. <laughs> Um, right, last question for you then, Cav. Um, got a couple of that I can uh, choose from, like you say. Um, okay. What's been your biggest mistake so far in life and what did you learn from it? Oh, See, two or three things instantly spring to mind, but it's, I'm not sure I'd call them mistakes. Um, the biggest one that sticks out for me is my uh, brief retirement from cycling around the age of 18, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but depending how um, philosophical you want to look at it in like, how much of a philosophical perspective you want to take on it it's not necessarily a mistake um for those that don't know i was 17 um i may have even been 16 actually um i just spent two weeks out in girona um 
with team on form. I had brilliant two weeks. But unfortunately, in the last three or four days, um, the um, so most people were there for a week, some were there for 10 days and some were there for two weeks. So at the end of the first week, it was like, OK, there's less of us, like less camaraderie. There's less there's less morale, shall we say. And then when it got to 10 days and the group halved again and we were left with three or four of us for the last four days, I think it sort of flicked a switch inside my head mentally. I don't know. When you're out with a big group, you almost feel like you you live in the lifestyle. You live in the dream of almost being professional. Yes, you're throwing money on, on a holiday, but you're out there with a bunch of cyclists. You're all there to train. You're all there to have fun. And it's all great and it's all happy. But when there's three of you left in a like a 10 person apartment and you're we were all great mates but obviously how often do you spend like prolonged amounts of time with teammates not necessarily that we were at each other's throats or anything but people have comforts and people have ways to look after each other and comfort each other as like families do and i think by the end of those last four days, the last three of us were cracked. We'd trained way too hard, way too soon. Still young, still think we're all amazingly fit and can dish out pain to anyone we look at. Like, we're all flying. We're all, like, top 10 time trialists. Like, whatever. We get to the end, everyone's cracking. And everyone sort of splits into their own way of coping. And when I came back from that holiday, I was truly ruined. I was, I slept the entire flight back from Girona and one of the guys I was with had to wake me up on the way, like when we landed. Um, And I got home and I was straight back into college, at which I was not doing great at the time. Uh, I'd had a couple conversations with the college about being kicked out for um, doing pretty badly. For a bit more insight, I got, in a round of mock exams, I got two U's and a D, which for anyone that knows me quite well, I'm quite academically driven. So that was quite a big uh, kick in the balls as well. So I just had all these life events sort of kicking, well, I say life event, cracking on a holiday, training holiday, mm. I wasn't really call it a life event, but it turned out to be one mm. where I had just all these things piling on me. Um, I just started dating my girlfriend at the time. It was like I started to learn to drive. And all these things, I sort of went, you know what? There are other, there are other things to life than riding a bike. Like I've just I've kicked myself ten bells down the street. Not in a great place. Uh, I've got a girlfriend at the time. I was like, yes, this is amazing. Having the freedom of a car. I just sacked it off. Um. And around around that time, um, is when I won national twenty five. Um, it may have even been the year I think it was the year before I won National 25 and again another bit of a name drop Harrison Wood I think his name is I I think I beat him by 50 seconds he now rides a Kofidis World Tour Mm. which I fully understand beating someone when you're 16 is not very representative of what you could achieve as an adult Mm. but it gives me that shit now it gives me that shit why did i why why did i quit mm. why i was beating these amazing people i was i wasn't smashing it why why did i go through that 
But now I look at it and go, yeah, I was in a terrible place. How how much further down that rabbit hole would I have gone? Yeah. If I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And now I'm looking back at it and almost in a philosophical manner, I'm going, yeah, but if I haven't done if I hadn't done that, would I have got six months down the line and stepped away from cycling from the rest of my life and never looked back? Now I'm at a point where I'm the most driven I've ever been. I'm the most committed I've ever been. Um, I've got all these opportunities ahead of me. Fair enough, I'm probably pushing it a bit now to make a career out of it with regarding my age, but I feel like I'm in a much better position now with a stable head, a stable life, knowing what's going on than I did at the time when I quit. So again, I'm not sure if you'd call it a mistake or not, but for me, that's the big thing that stands out to me as the possible mistake in my life. Hmm. I think, I mean, what a key point here is that um, a mistake is only a mistake if you really look back on it and feel like it's done you in a negative way. So, um, like, yeah, there's two look, there's two ways of looking at that story, isn't there? I mean, the truth is. Yeah, if you if you kept if you didn't give in at that point and you kept pushing it forward and forward and for another year or whatever, another year of potentially not enjoying it, thinking that you're missing out um, on other life stuff, um, you could have made it a bit further. But equally, potentially, very likely, when you did crack the crack would have been much more severe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you maybe never came back to cycling. You missed out on even more education. You missed out on even more of the other life stuff. Um, and although, yeah, you had a bit of time off, like it sounds like you've come back with a much fresher head. You've learned a lot more over that time. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, over the last six months or so i've kind of took a bit of a step back from i mean this sorry last summer 2022 summer i kind of really did a few did a few kind of races and then realized you know what i don't think i'm in a position to race this summer um and even just having like one year off stepping back from that it 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 felt like a lot of relief of pressure but that 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 thinking time that it's given me about priorities and um i kind of know that coming back into sports performance for my own doing in the next year or the next few years it's gonna be a much more positive place just because i think like you can never learn you can never pick up on certain things when you're like in the middle of what you're doing and it, it it only takes a step back to be able to reflect on certain aspects of your life, certain aspects of your training and and your lifestyle that kind of gives you that opportunity to really think about things critically. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, to be honest, I didn't. I, that was news to me. I didn't know that's exactly how it all panned out um, way back then. Um, and um, I can understand listening to that story why that might have felt the way it did to be honest um 
especially yeah, that that amount of time over there digging yourself into a hole um with that i mean at that age as well like there's not a lot of experience i think everyone will have just been going full gas full full hard every yeah. single day won't they <laughs> pretty much um as soon as there's a rise in the road it was full gas send it yeah yeah got to yeah. prove you the best <laughs> and then eventually everyone's crawling up the final mountain at like 12 miles an hour just absolutely yeah. hooked like trying to hold wheels it's just yeah 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 um no that's good insight thank you for that Cav. um we'll wrap it there i think we've been talking for nearly an hour and a half ish now um as ever amazing where time goes on these podcasts um i, I will ex i will say the question i was going to ask you um and we'll leave it for the podcast listener to answer this one themselves to make it slightly interesting so if you listen to this podcast pretend i'm asking you this question and see what your answer would be um which one haven't i asked oh yeah um what's the one thing that bothers you the most about the world today and i also had another backup question which is do you believe more in fate or that we are the creators of our own destinies because we are all governed by free will and to be honest i'm a bit gutted i didn't ask you that one because i know you are a very philosophical person um and uh, that would have started a well i'm quite glad i didn't ask you that question because i think yeah, that would have gone on for about an hour <laughs> It's it's a it's a bit of a rabbit hole that one. Yeah, depends, isn't it? Depends who you listen to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, if you listen to the podcast, feel free to to answer that yourself. Um, um, if you've got this far in listening to to our dreary voices, <laughs> thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, and see you again next time. <laughs>